For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Just like wrestling fans, sometimes they want to have a discussion. Most of the time, they want to be right. They just want to be right. That's what's going on here. And that's what's going on here is a wrestling podcast. Oh, Phoenix! <laughs> hey, yo. Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. I mean, you're just going to replace me. Shut up! Ribbon Morales. The biggest slut in the Western Hemisphere. Why do I have to have a buzzer? Say the great DeMarco. You are now and will forever be an asshole. Because it's my show. And I love you, Greg. You guys know how to party. You're welcome! It is a Tuesday evening, Tuesday, September 13th, 2022. It's the Greg DeMarco Show, and we're talking about wrestling. My name is Greg DeMarco at Chairshot Greg on all of your forms of social media. His name is Patrick O'Dowd, and he is the wrestling realist. Therefore, heretofore, and what might have you, that's a, that's, that's a flashback for you, Patrick O'Dowd, and what might have you. I always want to laugh. I'm sorry. Whatever. <laughs> Uh, that topic, uh, that person that is... comes into my head and what might have you. You can find him on the Twitter at Wrestling Realist. W-R-E-S-T-L-N-G-R-E-A-L-I-S-T. There's no I in wrestling, but there is one at Realist. And there is one in Patrick for the Wrestling Realist, Patrick O'Dowd. I didn't mean to derail things by going on. You, you, went, you, went, you went East Coast, Greg. I went East Coast bias. I went old school Lots of bias on that East Coast situation, too. Mostly against me. Yeah, so it's sorry. okay. Um, <laughs> that's a blast from the past. God, so much fun. I'm just sad I wasn't there for people leaving certain positions. But, hey, who knows? Anyway, got better things to talk about. Than hey, I was like, you're better bosses. for it, man. Let's, let's talk about wrestling. Yeah. Exactly. Instead of talking about terrible bosses, we'll talk about Tony Khan. No, we won't. We'll talk about great bosses like Triple H. We're talking pro wrestling on the Great DeMarco Show, part of the Chairshot Radio Network, which you can find right here at thechairshot.com. 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 Always use your head. 
Follow along at ChairShot Media. This show streams on thechairshot.com, but it also streams on all of your favorite podcasting platforms like iHeart or iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeart, Spotify, and so many more. Find the shows, like, subscribe, leave a five-star review, click that little bell, turn on the notifications, do whatever you got to do. Be a friend, tell a friend, spread the word, let everybody know about your favorite wrestling podcasts, all part of the ChairShot Radio Network and more. More than just wrestling. We got sports. We got entertainment podcasts like Patrick O'Dowd's very own, The Bandwagon Nerds, and so many more. So follow along. It's sports, it's entertainment, and it's sports entertainment right here at thechairshot.com. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. While you're just, you know, putzing around, not doing anything except listening to a podcast, head on over to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash a chair shot. Get one of those t-shirts, right? T-shirts for the podcast. We got the wrestling t-shirts. We got character t-shirts. We got everything you could possibly need. You can get in all different sorts of sizes, colors, styles, like the soft style that everybody loves so much because it just feels so good on your sensitive little skin. And as Patrick rubs his nipples on a audio podcast, you guys can't see it anyway and you don't want to. But... Pick it up. You don't know that. The cause. You're right. I don't know that. They might want to. I mean, shit, I kind of regret saying it because I kind of want to. But support the cause. Support the movement that is thechairshot.com, your favorite wrestling website, and will soon become one of your favorite wrestling t-shirts when you head on over to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot and pick one of those up. I'm excited. We got some good stuff to talk about today. The wrestling world is ever-changing Patrick O'Dowd. Uh, real quick programming note, the Hashtag Miranda Show will be back live this week. Well, live recorded for you. Um, buckle up. It's going to be a ride because we've got to talk about an IZW show, Psycho Circus. We have not done the traditional breaking down of the IZW show. And that's usually a long one. But then we got to mix in the wedding that took place yeah, the, the weekend nu- after. The nuptials. The nuptials. Yeah. That the people in podcasting land still don't know the setup of the wedding, who did what at the wedding. So that's going to be discussed on said hashtag Miranda show. So, I mean, if you've been on the Instagram or whatever, you might have seen, been clued into what roles people played at the wedding. But um, that'll be a topic of conversation as well. So buckle up. It's going to be a lot of fun um, on the hashtag Miranda show this week. So if you've never listened before, listen. If you think this show goes off the rails, my God, that show goes off the rails so much quicker, and um, yeah, it's going to be a ride. But it's going to be a really good one. We get to talk about our celebrated IZW events and uh, the fantastic wedding that we all have to take part in uh, for Miranda. So go ahead, give that a listen. Lots of fun. But we're talking wrestling here this week on the Greg DeMarco Show. Patrick Redout and I both had the opportunity this week to tune into Monday Night Raw. Now, I had started watching Raw a few, like like regularly, again, like the whole episode, weeks before the Vince McMahon stuff started. Then the Vince stuff started, then Triple H took over. And for me, it's become appointment television. Now, I say appointment television, I started Monday night and I typically finish it on Tuesday at work. You know, work from home, fire up the TV, have it on, watch it throughout the day. That's what I do. That's what I did today to finish off Raw. Um, and I know Patrick had a chance to watch it as well. So I've got a few topics to talk about, and it's more forward-looking things because that's what we do. That's what I do. But Patrick O'Dowd, you watched Raw. You've been paying attention, obviously, because we're all fascinated by the stuff that's gone down and the shift in power and the shift in everything. What are your thoughts? You, you coming out of this week's Raw, what are your thoughts? What do you want to talk about? What are you thinking? 
Uh, well, I, I like that Theory hasn't really lost his momentum. Uh, I think that that's been good. Uh, borderline, I, I wouldn't even say borderline, good to great. I think Kevin Owens was a, was a, a great interaction for him to have and is, is someone who is a terrific guy to work a program with. I am fascinated by the Seth Rollins uh, support that, uh, that that is happening. I think you even maybe mentioned it. Like he's one, he's like one promo away from a babyface turn or something Not just like a, that. Or being the biggest babyface in the company. Right. He's one episode of like, Raw away from becoming the biggest babyface in the company. Uh, I, I don't, I don't think Dominic Mysterio is there, uh, and, and maybe he shouldn't be wrestling. That, that yet, maybe he should be in NXT. But uh, as the developmental program that evolves, that it is. Those those are kind of my big takeaways. I fast forwarded through the ladies a little bit. Um, caught, you know, Bailey and Bianca Belair, and and that whole thing. Watched, um, what is it that they're called? Uh, like damage incorporated, damage control, damage control, which I think when when the but we can talk about that later, right? When you know, win the women's the win win the women's tag titles, which I know we brought them back. I don't know if if we needed to bring them back. Uh, Like, are we going to have dedicated women's tag teams? Maybe, maybe that's maybe that's the the promise of Triple H. Who knows? But. Overall, I was I enjoyed the show. I liked it a lot. I thought that it was. I've noticed this even even without watching the shows on the regular, because of where where I was you know, over the summer. You know that sort of standard opening thirty minute match has just kind of become a thing, um, on the show. Like you know, this week it was Riddle and Seth Rollins, and he had a couple of them, but it's just been. Um, it has felt a little more wrestling centric. Uh, and I think that that's a good thing uh, because I don't think they've sacrificed story for that. If that makes sense. They haven't. No, a lot of the story takes place in the ring and the storytelling takes place in the ring and right. it leads to a match of some kind. And we see more overlap of characters involved in different things that end up linking together. Right. Raw started off with, Riddle and Rollins and and led to Finn Balor versus Matt Riddle and and kind of mixing the two different feuds that are going on there. Um, you know, as, as we know, Dominic was going to wrestle Edge later on in the program. Um, and that was a little bit, you know, we didn't have that before. We wouldn't mix and match and, and overlap a little bit. And and we thus we see less redundancy in our matches. Um, that, that was a, always a big complaint that we were seeing the same shit over and over again under Vince because people were kind of kept separate and now there's a lot of overlap and people are getting to see the matches that that you know who knew we wanted to watch Riddle and and Balor and yet there we were watching Riddle and Balor and it was a damn good match and the opening promo has oftentimes now led to a match right then and there that isn't necessarily part of a feud or whatever and, and it's allowed that overlap and crossover and it's been entertaining and usually that does occupy the first 30 minutes of Raw and one of the reasons why Raw is what I want to talk about. Two reasons. Number one, well, we record on Tuesday. Raw's on Monday. But number two, 
SmackDown's on Fox, and SmackDown is kind of its own entity. It's got different commercials because it's on network television, all of that. Raw is really, to me, the barometer of WWE looking forward and, and all of that. Like SmackDown is just this weird entity in and of itself because it's on Fox. It's like a, in some ways, it's an infomercial for WWE while also being a wrestling show, but Raw to me is like that weekly product. Um, and, and this week it's, it's jumped out. You talked about the opening segment, and we're not going to go in order because we know that sucks. We've been talking about it for a decade plus now, just recapping wrestling shows in order, at least for us. Some people are good at it. We're not. The Judgment Day, to me, are like have become the unsung heroes of Monday Night Raw. When they were headed to Cardiff for Clash of the Castle, I heard some sentiment online and in some of the podcasts, even here on this network, that were like, if the Judgment Day loses to Edge and Rey Mysterio, you might as well break them up. And I thought that was asinine. And while they lost to Edge and and Rey Mysterio. And then Dominic turned, which is stupid. And it's it's like, uh, uh, you know, when you just look at it in a vacuum, just just look at that one thing. But in the long run, that falls into that whole wins and losses don't really matter. Because no one remembers that they lost at Clash of the Castle. They remember that Dominic turned. And they remember where we're headed to now. Um, I agree with you. Dominic should have had time in NXT. The one time Dominic appeared in NXT and even had a match, it felt right. It looked right. Right. Like it just Dominic fit so well, and I was hoping maybe he would stay, and he didn't. Um, and and who knows the reasons why? I don't know. Maybe it's a respect thing for Ray. I have no idea. But that's where we are. I one thing I want to talk about with the Judgment Day that I don't think anyone's brought up and I haven't seen reported anywhere. Remember, Rhea Ripley got hurt. And she was out, and we had to have, you know, a determined different challenge. And she hasn't wrestled since. I don't think she's cleared to wrestle still. I think she's doing the things that she's doing because she can't wrestle. And they're finding ways right. to use her. And all it's going to do is get her, her more over. Because right. this whole thing with Dominic and, and you know, Dom being the sub and all of that for, for Rhea is... And it fits in perfectly with her look and her character. And she's having a blast with it. And I'm sure Dom is too. Um it's just going to make her more over when she does return to the ring, in my opinion. Um, and she just fits. And, and the Judgment Day, to me, like they really do carry that show. And because they're dependable and they're over, and Balor can work with anybody. Damian Priest yep. is, is a notch below Finn Balor in the ring, and that's not a knock. It's just the truth. Um, but he he's he's a larger than life character. He sounds insane when he talks in a good way. Like all of it just kind of fits. Um, and and they they really do carry things for me. And, and their entrance is great. Like they have all the elements you need to to be over and to draw. And and if if a babyface needed an opponent at a moment's notice, and it was the main event level match, you could insert somebody from Judgment Day, and it works. And that's. You know, to me, like that, that that all works. Um, let's talk about the women. And and you said you fast forwarded the women. The women's tag team championship. Everyone knew that EO Sky and and Dakota Kai were eventually going to win those titles when they won. It was, the belts, it was a very foregone conclusion feeling. But Triple H knows he has to put on TV every week, so he having Raquel and Aaliyah win the championships from the tournament. And a match that probably shouldn't have main event at SmackDown when it did, um, or Raw, whatever show they they weren't on. And then, then this time it was in the middle of the show, and a lot of that I think is because Aaliyah is just not there, um, where she needs to be in the ring as a storyteller, and that's where the tag team thing worked better. But 
they, they in the past, I think they would have just won the belts up front. Dakota and EO would have won the titles, but then you got yourself an extra few weeks of storytelling. And that's, I think, a difference yeah. that we've seen with Triple H is like, we know where we need to go, but let's see how long, you know, it's like they say in wrestling it when you're a wrestler, slow down, slow down. And when you think you're going too slow, slow down some more. And I feel like that's the same thing with the storytelling right now. It's like, okay, we know where we want to get to. We're going to get here by this date. And then I feel like the first question Triple H asks is like, how could we extend that out a little further? And give ourselves more time with this storytelling before we have to dip into other storytelling. And I feel like that's what they're doing. And to me, it works. So um, I like that. Uh, any other thoughts that you had? No, not really. I just, um, first of all, back for me in, in well over uh, probably two months since July. Yeah. So for me, it was really, it's, I always compared um getting back into the flow of a show as and and this isn't a lost analogy but it's like jumping back in on a soap opera like you haven't watched soap opera in a long time you know the characters you got to figure out where they are and what they're doing and right. so that was a lot of like hell even when i talked back to you about the show i said that riddle wrestled rollins and that wasn't true riddle just had a confrontation with, with rollins yep. after the match uh, Rollins opened the show with the promo and then Riddle and uh, Balor. And I didn't correct and, you. I just and, rolled through it. Right. Because it wasn't important. But, uh, but you know, but it still ended with Rollins standing tall over, you know, cur- you know curb stomping Riddle. Yeah. Riddle the guy he doesn't want to uh, face. At the end. Yeah. Which the guy makes sense. Face, so. Rollins shouldn't want right. to wrestle him. He already did. It, it sells the fact point. that Rollins already beat him. It also sells the fact that Rollins is still a chicken shit heel. It also sells the fact that Riddle's dangerous and Rollins doesn't want to get in there again. Like it all just right. makes sense. Um, yeah, so it was it was well done. A few other questions, notes. Johnny Gargano made his in-ring debut um, for at you know post return. He'd worked on Raw a little bit before, but this is you know he did so as part of NXT. This was his call up, his return. He worked Chad Gable. I feel like. Whatever we do with Gargano is not going to be rushed. I feel like no, just like everything else on it Raw, be. it's it's obviously he's got his issue with uh, with Theory, with Austin Theory, and that's fine. And I thought Chad Gable was a great opponent, but to me, I wanted to see Johnny Gargano, the WWE superstar on Raw, wrestle because before when he was on Raw or SmackDown, he was the NXT superstar, and I wanted to see how it felt and it fit to me. He fit and yeah. And well, and Gable's the right guy, right? Oh, yeah. Like Gable's absolutely the right guy for him to wrestle for his first, you know, kind of big time match but back. I can see him working Otis next week after what they did yeah, after the match. But they, yeah, but they were. I, I just my point was is that they they worked very very well oh, together. Yeah. You could tell that there was some good chemistry there, and it was it it made them both look like a million bucks. And mm-hmm. it, you know, Chad Gable is. I, I almost texted this to you. He feel he's starting to feel like the uh, the Sean Waltman yeah. uh, of oh, yeah. Raw. That's a, a great way. Like he he's the guy that you know we need to get a good match or we and get a good barometer of, of how this is going to go for a person. Let's put him in there with Gable, and that seems to work out pretty darn well. Uh, I also forgot that they're trying to get almost as he back, and so they had to beat up two dudes. Yeah, uh, the almost. That's, thing, that's like... another one. 
That, that's another one where I'm like, guys, let it go. That's going to take some time. That's really going to yeah. take some time for Omos for me. Um, Chad Gable, you're right. Like, I think the Sean Waltman comparison is fantastic. And, and he gets it. Like, he, everybody criticized the whole Shorty G thing. It, but then they found out, like, he was behind it and loved it and, and got the right. gear and did everything, like, because he wanted to get over. And, and of course, you know, he had the, the, the combination with Bobby Roode. Like, he's done so many things. And, and he's there and he's credible and, he, it just works and everything he does to me makes sense and, and he's in a great spot and you could, you know, he could win a tag title at any point in time. It's fine. He could be an intercontinental champion. It would work like that could, that could to me. I said years ago that the issue with Johnny Gargano on the main roster was he could fill the Daniel Bryan role, but they already had Daniel Bryan. Well, now they don't. Right. He's an AEW, yep. now more commonly referred to as Daniel Bryan Danielson, which I dropped on Twitter last week and people loved. I guess they, you know, we've been saying it for years, but they love the Daniel Bryan Danielson reference. So I'm back to where I was before. I think, played right, Johnny Gargano could have the underdog WrestleMania moment. I think he's over enough. You could have a stadium of 70,000 people chanting Johnny Wrestling. It would happen. Oh, absolutely. I think you could do that. Because you don't need 70,000 people to know he's Johnny Wrestling. You need 10,000 people to know he's Johnny Wrestling. Start chanting and it, and the other 60,000 will follow along. But, so. but, I mean, think about this. So, yeah, if you, you do the story right, and then you have Candace with Kid there, oh, and yeah. the whole, like, you got the whole, the story writes itself. Um, you know, you just got to have it, a, have it. Indomitable opponent for Johnny Gargano well, we have to overcome. One. We have the indomitable opponent for for Johnny Wrestling. People just aren't ready for that conversation yet. Acknowledge me. But here's the point yeah. I need to make. And pe- oh my, I'm going to tweet this at some point this week. And people are going to shit all over it. WrestleMania 40 is when you do it, and no right. one thinks that the rock ahead because you got the Rock at 39, and right, right we're at 39. And and Roman, in my opinion, really shouldn't lose until September 2024. It's going to be Togan's run. So even 40 might be too soon. So maybe 41 is when you do it. But I'm thinking years down the road with this. I'm not – everyone's like, who beats right. Roman in the next six months? And my answer is no one. Um, just get the freaking WWE title off of him. But we'll talk about that more after the break. But I <laughs> – I could see it. I could definitely see it happening. So I teased the break. Let's do the break real quick, and then we'll come back and talk a little bit more about some future stuff with Raw and and, and what we're seeing in that regard right here on the Greg DeMarco Show, part of your favorite ChairShot Radio Network. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to AngryLemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's AngryLemonade.net. So uh, it's funny that we talked about the change in NXT because I've been sitting on this article idea, which is like the top five things I want to see Triple H do. And one of those five things 
was going back to black and gold in NXT. So <laughs> I'd have to replace it with something else, and that's fine. I can. Um, as a fan now, you watched Raw. You've been watching this stuff for, for eons, just like I have. What is there anything you want Triple H to do? Is there anything you're like, this is great. I'm not complaining, but here's what I want to say. I mean, other uh, other than put AJ Styles back on my television, mm-hmm. uh, which I know is a sentiment I've seen from many, many other folks around the interwebs. I don't think that is an uncommon thing. No, because um, it's AJ Styles. It's AJ Styles. It's it, you just and who knows why he's. Probably not, taking some vacation. He's, yeah, it's he's probably good. just taking some time, which is fine. Um, it's just that you know you have that talent there. You don't know how many years you left. You have that talent at that caliber uh, of talent, and, and you want to get the most out of him while he's still with you. That's that's probably my big one. Um, and then I already I already said it. Like I get I get the story they're telling. But uh, less Dominic Mysterio, please. He was he was too much of my television. That was the other thing is he was because he was a promo. Uh, he was a promo. Then he was a backstage segment. You know, with with Ray, like it was just they they gave me too much Dominic, man. It's too much. I mean, they're and, literally. And, yeah. That's one of their main event programs right now. Like that's I know that's the thing. And that's too bad. But it's not really, it's, it's more know. about Ray, it's more about Edge, it's more about all that stuff. Yeah, I um, get it. What's funny is that and, we yeah. had this huge match between Edge and Damian Priest at in Toronto. The main event Raw, Edge went over. I think the big blow-off of this is actually going to be Edge and Balor. And, sure. But that's not what we thought. We thought it was going to be Edge and Damian Priest. Which makes me kind of think that, yes, Judgment Day but doesn't have a leader, why? but maybe Balor would, is the guy. Why? why I, I've... Like when I look at that group, like it's Balor's the guy. Like I'm, I'm sorry, because like, before, like when Balor first joined, Priest was doing all the talking. They say there's no leader, and I believe that Edge started it when and when Damian Priest helped him. Yeah, at yeah, WrestleMania, no, I remember that. Yeah, it's all it's been very fast storytelling, and and I get it. They haven't gone the gay spooky that it was rumored they were going to go, um, and maybe they will in the future. And I'd actually be down. I would, but but. For me, looking at that group as a guy coming in late, right? Balor looks like the dude, like, like out of that group, and looks like the end game. Correct. And that's just because he's been Balor, just because the talent level. Like I said, Damian Priest. No offense to him, he's a half step below Finn Balor. Finn Balor is one of the sure. best wrestlers in the entire world. So, right, it's okay. There's no shame in being a half step below Finn Balor, in my opinion. Um, so we've got that. I do want to see. More with the women not involving the championship. And they've done a great job and, and they're still a little depleted. And eventually we're going to get to, uh, eventually we're going to get to Bailey and, and, and Bianca Belair and, and, you know, haters be damned. Bianca's probably going to lose to Bailey. Um, yeah. It would just make sense for Bailey to hold that title. I want to see because we spent so much freaking time with Alexa Bliss and Asuka as a tag team. As part of that feud with damage control. And the reason why I say it's stupid is because damage control is like, it's a bad thing to have to do damage control. When they were just calling themselves right. control, I thought it was better. Um, but, but damage control to me is just, I don't think they're getting the desired effect they want, but I'm probably in the minority. So that's cool. 
I want to see Dakota Kai and Eo Sky versus Alexa Bliss and Asuka for the tag titles, either in a cage match or a ladder match. Like I want something that matters with that to establish those four, to establish everything. Then you can have Alexa turn and, and be the best version of Alexa. We can have a feud with Asuka that doesn't even involve a title which would be great. I want to yep. see more storytelling for the women that doesn't involve championships. When Charlotte comes back, I think we can be there. It, depending on what happens with Ronda and Liv, I think we can get there on the SmackDown side of things. Like, I do think that's something that we can see. But now, we, we've set the table. We've had the appetizers. time for the main course. Um, and and I was arguing with, with, with PC Tony about this on Twitter. And when PC's wrong, uh, it's so yeah. much fun. Um because he'll just go on and on and, and not really present good reasons. I'm just kidding, PC, a little bit. I need a world title on Raw. I do. I don't – it's it's like the one thing that's missing to me. I don't yeah. think that – it's a storyline device. We've talked about that. I'm not saying it's not a storyline device. To me, it's just a storyline device that they need. I think they need right. that title – it doesn't have to be the central focus, but it's like the one thing to me that's missing is, is that brass ring as it's been referred, you know, things have been referred to in the past, but that ultimate goal that wrestling again is, is, is WB is basically a show about wrestling. It's, it's, it's still a sport. It's being referred to as more of that. It's still all of that. It's a fictitious sport, whatever you want to say. Sports have goals. Athletes chase championships to me, the pinnacle of anything is the world title. And I cannot buy the U.S. championship as the top championship on the brand. Even though Bobby Lashley and Seth Rollins are fighting over it. And and that was Tony's argument. Like next week, they're, they're fighting over the face of the company and face of the brand and the U.S. title. Okay. When Bobby Lashley approached Seth Rollins in the backstage promo, the first things out of Seth's mouth were, that's not the gold I had in mind immediately yep. diminishing the United States Championship. Exactly. I, I was right there with you on that one. Because you're, yeah, the, fir- the first thing that that tells you is that there, there's only one belt that matters to, to Seth. And, and I think it's coming. At the very least, it's Seth. Yeah, I think it's, it's coming. gotta be, because you don't... There's, there's been too many reports. There's been too much about splitting up the titles. I think Triple H sees the value. I mean, Triple H, remember, at one point, Eric Bischoff just handed him a world title. And, right. and he made it valuable. Um, there's been rumors that new belt designs are coming. So much so as, as some of the leading you know belt insiders or whatever are talking about the Is it the big gold designs. belt? Are we bringing back the big gold belt? I wouldn't be sure. I mean, from Big a gold. merchandising standpoint, I don't think we're bringing back anything. I think we're making no, new no, no, no. because then making everybody's got to go out. The collector's got to go out and buy. But it could be inspired by the big gold belt. I could see that. Um, big Goldie. I, I, big Goldie. I could see some of that happening. But in my opinion, I think that uh, we just need that last piece of the puzzle. Raw is not a bad show. Raw has been great for me. I just think that's the one more thing we need. I need a, a women's feud that doesn't involve a title, and I need a men's feud that does involve the title. Is what I really need. Right. It's it, it does it does feel like there's just an ultimate prize that's kind of missing, and yeah. that yeah, what you say makes sense. And how they get to that 
that title, that world title, we just got to, we got to strap in and, you know, yeah. as, as I like to say, let it play out, let it marinate. And there's all these happen. reports that are like frustration backstage about what to do with the titles. And I'm like, you got a dude with a briefcase. It tells Catching itself it. to just, we're making it too hard. If those reports are even true and they may not be. That's one thing I want to talk Cash about. Cash it in have somebody pin him. Cash it in. Somebody pins him. Paul Heyman shows back up. Let me bring up one point, sir. Points out that Theory can only cash in for one title. Therefore, whoever pinned Theory won the WWE Championship. Roman still has the university. Bang, poof, we're good. It's not that hard. Done and done. Or, if you're worried about not having a world title on both brands, let Roman be the end-all, be-all final boss. Make a Raw Championship and a SmackDown Championship. We've already got rumors of new belts. Maybe those are what they are. That's fine. I would buy into that because we all have a Raw Women's Championship and a SmackDown Women's Championship. So the precedent has been set. And we're probably going there. I'm probably just impatient because belts take a long time to make. And yes. and, and they'll be here. Championships will be here. And then we'll have our stories and, and we'll be fine. Um, the other thing on my list, and we'll, we'll save this topic for another day. I want Triple H to bring back the traditional Survivor Series. Not the yeah. Raw versus SmackDown, although you could do one of those, but I want the traditional 4v4, 5v5 matchups. And I think we're headed there. We've got four members of the bloodline, not counting Sami Zayn. We're now up to three yeah. and Imperium's back. We got three in Sheamus's crew. We, we've got, you know, P, you know, you got the stupid maximum male models been walking around with, with, you know, Umberto with Los Lotharios. Like there's connections there that can be utilized and, and you could, Easily pull right. off a couple of matches with the women. You could have an NXT team. Like there were things you could do to make that happen. Um, and the only thing, because we don't have two world champions to fight. We don't have two tag champs to fight. We got two women's champs that can fight. And we got the one match that everybody really wants to see, Bobby Lashley versus Gunther. But do it on yep. Raw or SmackDown as the build. They're doing a great job building their Raw, especially Raw. They're building their main events from week to week. Do it as part of the build. I'm fine. I'm fine with it. Um, more people would see it. But now, 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 do you do the ultimate survivor match nah. after you do the survivor series matches or do you just do the, I don't know if you do the, the ultimate survivor match. Cause what do you do with Roman? Cause his team's the bloodline's going to win. And I think you got to end the show with the bloodline standing tall. And I think we're, it, it worked back. They only did it once, but it could work back then. Right. But I think in this day and age of wrestling, there's diminishing returns when an act like the bloodline wrestles more than once they can enter and do a promo and have a match later but when they come out and they wrestle and they win and then they come out later and they wrestle and they win like to me there's some diminishing returns there so i think you end the show with the bloodline standing tall i think you do the bloodline on one side you do ko you turn sammy as part of this bloodline storyline maybe you bring back aj insert him in there maybe bobby lashley poof you got your team maybe we do something with rollins i don't know but um you almost build like a super team to oppose the bloodline and and with ko sammy rollins and maybe one other aj say mcintyre mcintyre yeah i didn't think about that but mcintyre could get involved if you're doing the brawling brutes and imperium now that Sheamus' crew yeah. are basically baby faces, you could have McIntyre with them, give somebody to Imperium. There we go. There's a lot that you could do, and they have the talent to pull it off, and I think it'd be very entertaining. And I like Survivor Series. So I'd be down. 
I'd be down for Survivor Series. So let's transition because we have been talking about this now for 35 minutes and we got something really fun to do as it's been a great part of the program since we introduced it because ladies and gentlemen, you just made the list. It is time to make the list. This week's list is brought to you by... Not a sponsor. No, it's brought to you by the wrestling realist, Patrick O'Dowd. Shut your dumb mouth. Patrick O'Dowd, shut your mouth when you're talking to me and tell me and tell the people what are we making a list of today. Well, I was feeling a little nostalgic because this is definitely more of an old school topic, but we are making a list of wrestling vignettes slash sketches. So this is like not promos. These are very much very specific to vignettes or sketches that could have been done to, say, build a talent, build a story, tell a story, um, all of that. So those are uh, that that was what uh, I chose today. A little bit different because I started with eh, maybe we'll just do like greatest, like our you know best promos. I was like, nah, people do that all the time. Let's 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 talk vignettes. Let's get a little right. weird. Let's get some Bruce Pritchard love. On this show, because he used to do a lot of the vignettes back in the day. And so I've got, and and we made our lists, and we're good to go. So I get to go first. That's true. So the first vignette or sketch that we can say, hey, vignette or sketch. You just made the list. It's kind of ironic, given the name of this segment. Because my number one, my first entry on the list anyway, is the Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho Festival of Friendship. Nice. The, the, the interaction between Owens and Jericho, the list was a big part of that. That's where they broke up, set up the WrestleMania match. At the time, Owens was the universal champion, of course. By the time we got to WrestleMania, he wasn't. Thanks to Jericho, Distraction, and Goldberg. But for me, number one is the Owens and Jericho Festival of Friendship. Nice. Good choice. Um, it's, it's funny. As we talk about festivals of friendship, I'm going to talk about Oh gosh, this is so tough. But The Rock, this is your life with Mick Foley. Like you got, it's it's iconic. I'm just writing it down. I, I had that on my list as well. Right, me too. All right, so but, we've got two on the list so far. Um, I get to go next. So, and I, I, you know, there's so many that can go on the list, but and I know some of the things that you might have on your short list. So I'm going to go ahead and bust out one that I bet you didn't expect to be on the list, but we've talked about it before and I loved it so much and, and I tend to be the one that keeps things current and it's even more, you know, salient right now with some of the happenings on Raw and 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 definitely living in vignette land, especially this week, plus a debut on Raw. For me, I am going with the Dexter Loomis and Indy Hartwell NXT 2.0 wedding that took place, oh, a oh, year ago. Okay. As we transitioned over to NXT 2.0, the wrestling wedding that everyone jumped actually cheered at the end of because it was a successful wrestling wedding. That's funny. I uh, I will save my uh, my NXT sketch that I picked. Oh, uh, maybe as an honorable mention. Maybe, but so uh, you get to pick is that a fourth. Item on the list. All right. So I'm, I'm going to go back to the 80s for this one. Uh, this is my all-time favorite sketch ever. And there were a lot of these sketches that took place. Uh, but it's Ted DiBiase as a million-dollar man. And he used to bring he, – he would offer people money to do all these different things. And the most famous 
sketch to just show how bad he was is that he offered a child $100 if he could dribble a basketball 10 times. And he kicks the ball out of the kid's hand at number nine. And so he doesn't finish the job, and the kid does not win the $100. And you want to talk about generating real heat back in the day. Because this was done in front of an audience, too. Like, this is done back in the superstar days on, like, the little platform stage that they would talk to people amongst the crowd. He does that instant heat. The Million Dollar Man character, when it was at his peak, was, was easily my favorite heel in all of wrestling. It's so funny, too, because when you listen to something to wrestle with Bruce Pritchard and him and Conrad talk about this sketch, Conrad loves to ask certain questions. And one of the questions that Conrad asks is, well, you guys still gave the kid the money, right? You guys still gave the kid the money, whatever. And Bruce Pritchard's response is always, well, no, he only bounced it nine times. He didn't earn the money. Right. Like it's, and Conrad, of course, is just like, I love the fact that Bruce Pritchard just won't give up certain things. Uh, and and. Of course, they gave the kid the money, but like it's so much better that Bruce is like, no, he didn't bounce the ball ten times. That was the rules. So, great choice. Yeah, who says K Fab is dead? Of course not. Always, uh, God, there are so many that I want to go back to. I'm going to go super old school, Patrick O'Dowd. I'm going to go okay. way old school. I had a couple of these on my list from this particular show, but I am going to go all the way back to Piper's Pit. And the Piper's Pit, where Rowdy Roddy Piper broke the coconut over the head of Superfly Jimmy Snuka. Excellent, excellent choice. I actually left Piper's Pit off. I had that one and I had the WrestleMania 21 sketch. Um, right. For Piper's Pit. The one Pit, that you, you asked me about? Well, no, I asked you, I was asking oh. a little more about the Muhammad Hassan. Hulk Hogan WrestleMania 21 yeah. moment because I love it so much, but that did not count. That was a promo, so we did not count right. that. Right. That was not eligible there, for there the was, competition. There was also the Morton Downey Jr. Yes, um, Piper's Pit. Yep, there was that. All that fun stuff. So I, so we have five on oh, the list. Gosh. So you now have yep. the final and Patrick Dowd. Whatever listening device people are using to listen to this podcast, they are screaming at their device right now. Right. They are screaming and begging you to put this moment on the list. Because how could we not? How could and, and it's okay if we don't. It's our list, not theirs. But my God, if we True. don't have this moment on the list. Well, and it's funny because I know I mentioned it to you earlier today. <laughs> it's got it's gotta be dude, I'm sitting there looking at these. <laughs> I know it's hard. Like, and here's the thing is out of the stuff that we, we've done, I've only marked off one of them because I actually completely forgot about this is your life until you mentioned it or until you mentioned the, the Kevin Owens Jericho. I was like, Oh God, we got to do this is your life. And this is your life was, was on my huge. list. It was, it was one of the right. six that I developed for this. Uh, but if you leave this I off, it's know. probably my fault for going with like the NXT 2.0 wedding. So I guess I'm going to go, so I'm going to go with, um, I'm trying to figure out which, which one is the one you're referring to. Oh, God. Uh, you, you will, I'm I mean, going to go, I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to go WWE okay. or WWF and I'm going with the DX, um, nation, the crock, what the crock is cooking. I'm afraid I've got some Oh, it's the wrong here. one. 
That's what I'm going with, though. No, it's fine. I had it on my list too. Was it the Was it the other one? Was it the NWO one? No, the liver spot, not a dog spot. No, no. it was Shawn Michaels okay. super kicking Marty Jannetty through the barbershop window. Oh yeah, that's the one that everyone is was yelling at their listening device for. I'm sure they were as we were going into number six, and it was. Let's see when I made my list because Festival of Friendship was the first thing I came up with. Barbershop window was the second. I will, uh, you know, and it's it's funny because I am endorsing a sketch that involved blackface um, pretty heavily. Yes. As I can't remember who was done up like Mark Henry. That was Sean Waltman. Uh, Ms. R. Henry. That was Sean Waltman. Yes. But there are so um, many funny so, things in that so sketch. Uh, there are. And just to, just to, I got I got to go through everything that I put up. I, I had a Rick Martell arrogance commercial. Oh, I forgot uh, specific. Specifically, the one where he's talking about how arrogant and he's he's in front of a car and he keeps talking about how it, like opens up a lady's carburetor and all this. It's hilarious, Mister Perfect. Oh yeah, and the and for me as a bowler, the bowling vignette where he bowls mm-hmm. the three hundred game, um, the NWO, not a dog spot, not a you know the liver spot um, parody of Arn Anderson and his retirement speech. I went all the way back to the Crockett era Ooh. when Baby Doll escapes Dusty Rhodes from his ranch riding off on one of his horses when wow. he had won the rights to Baby Doll for 30 days and he That's was he made her work on the ranch. Um I had uh, I had lost in Cleveland. Oh yeah. The, uh, what happened to what happened to Cactus Jack and then last but not least okay. Andre Chase University oh. turning a negative into a positive which is is one where they're like unfurling the banner, like he's showing the footy of the unfurling the banner, and he's like he screwed it up, and you know he calls out. I can't even remember the guy's name. Somebody takes a takes a hit in the face where he's like his eyes all swollen. It was great. It's, it's the Andre Chase University stuff. Is it's fantastic, right? Old school vignette up my alley sort of stuff. So I'm sorry, all you Sean Michaels, Marty Janetti through the barbershop window fans. I absolutely should have picked it. I actually didn't even write it down because I figured you would pick it. And then he didn't, and then I forgot about it when it was not when it was out of sight, out of mind. Yeah, no, I get it. There are so many great ones, and and you brought them up. And the people who know me will be surprised that Andre Chase, one of those, didn't make the list because those are freaking hilarious. But um, and and when he moves up to the main roster, given some of the stuff they're doing now, like the stuff they did on Raw last night with the Miz in his house and Dexter Loomis and and all that, like. Andre Chase will have a spot on the main roster and it will be hilarious when he does. So you just made the list number. Oh, we got to put him in order. Crap. We got to put him in order. Patrick. You do. So let's go ahead. Let's take a quick commercial break and then we'll put him in order. This is your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to make sure you check out TheChairShot.com, bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, TheChairShot.com. Shut your dumb mouth. You just made the list. So we are making the list, Patrick O'Dowd. We're going with sketches and vignettes, and we have Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho's Festival of Friendship. We have The Rock and Mick Foley's This Is Your Life, the Dexter Loomis and Indy Hartwell NXT 2.0 wedding, the Ted DiBiase basketball sketch, 
Piper's Pit, where he hits Jimmy Snooker with the coconut, and DX, parody of the nation. You get to pick number one. Uh, there are a few things that are played on repeat more than Piper Pit, uh, Piper's Pit and him hitting Snooker with that coconut. So I'm going to pick Piper's Pit as the number one Okay. for the list. Then I number two is tough, but I am going to go ahead and go with uh, Mick Foley and The Rock. This is your life as number two. So you picked one of mine. I picked one of yours. Was that Piper's Pit on your list? It was. Okay. So you get number three. Um, I I've got a frog in my throat. Sorry. Um, let's see. I. I'm going to be selfish. That's okay. And I'm going to I'm going to take one of my own this time because I and purely because I love it. Ted DiBiase and the basketball sketch. I think there's nothing wrong with that. Ted DiBiase, the basketball sketch number three, number four. I am going to go with Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho in the Festival of Friendship. So you get pick number five. And this may come as I. I can't do Dexter Loomis and Indy Hartwell uh, as as number five. It's got to be what the Croc is cooking, the DX parody of the Nation okay. of Domination. And I assumed, and that's fine. So DX parody is the Nation number five. Number six is the Dexter Loomis Indy Hartwell wedding. You just made the list. Number one, Piper's Pit, Jimmy Snooker with the coconut over the head. Number two, The Rock and McFoley's This Is Your Life. Number three. Ted DiBiase kicks the basketball out of number five or number nine, so the kid can't win the hundred dollars. Number four, Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho in the Festival of Friendship that breaks up their friendship and leads to the WrestleMania match. Number five, Degeneration X parodies the Nation of Domination. Number six, the NXT 2.0 wedding of Dexter Loomis and Indy Hartwell. Congratulations to all of those mentioned above, because you just made the list. And for anybody who's upset over Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty and the barbershop window not being on the list, hey, Shawn didn't talk about it in his Hall of Fame speech either. So it's quite all right. Fair enough. That's what and, and if you want to send a if you want to send a hate tweet about it, just do me a favor. Follow me at Wrestling Realist. That's at W-R-E-S-T-L-N-G-R-E-A-L-I-S-T. I did that just for you. And tell me how mad you are at me for not picking it as the last pick. All right, gentlemen, you have three minutes, and you better make it good. We got three minutes, and we're out of here. The clock is ticking, and we're in the clear. We got three minutes, and we're out of here. We got three minutes, and we're out of All right, Patrick O'Dowd, so we talked about it a little bit off air and even on air. Tonight, NXT 2.0 celebrated its one-year anniversary and a couple, you know, noteworthy things happened. I've not seen the show yet. Um, only seen what's been reported on social media. But Solo Sokoa, who just made his debut on the main roster at Clash of the Castle and is a member of the Bloodline and worked Drew McIntyre in the main event of SmackDown this past week and, and, and is out there and even said that if he wanted somebody in his corner, he would pick Sami Zayn, which kind of pissed off Jey Uso. But Jimmy's fine with it, and it's a great story that's going on is now the NXT North American champion based on what happened tonight on NXT 2.0, whatever, for the last time. And then the show ended with a Shawn Michaels voiced over piece uh, that talked about the evolution of NXT and again, extending you know talent to the main roster of Ron SmackDown. And then it had the NXT 2.0 logo, 2.0 disappears. 
the multicolor, multicolored logo becomes black and gold once again. And now we're led to believe that the black and gold of NXT is back. Patrick Redoubt. We got a main roster wrestler holding the North American Championship. It's not the first time that's happened with championships in NXT. We're going back to black and gold. What's going on with NXT? I I think we're going a little bit back to some roots. I think this is definitely... Maybe it's just branding at the end of the day, because you've talked about this. Like The show itself didn't really feel like it was all that different. The branding was just different. The, the the brand loyalty to the black and gold color scheme, like the the olds, uh, we're really excited about about that. I'll just say that within our our little circle of podcasting friends, uh, yes, there there was a lot of enthusiasm for the return to the black and gold, and and I don't, I don't know that I saw anything out of NXT today that told me, and they even told you in that little in that voiceover commercial, this is this is what we're intending to do. This is what we've always been intending to do. We're still going to do that. So programmatically, I don't think it changes much. I think it's a it's a branding move that that brings back some some folks who just did not like the the brightly colored look um, yeah. for whatever reason, whether it really impacted the product or not. In their brains, it did. So, but like change it back, and and if they're happy with it, great. They've already got the mats and the and the ropes and the and the aprons. I'm sure they kept that stuff in storage, so they're fine. Keep everything, yeah. They get some I new mean, logos. So NXT Black and Gold was Triple H's thing, so I'm not surprised, right. right? Triple H is back, absolutely. Wants to make it black and gold again. Here's what I've been saying for a while now. There was an NXT special that took place the night before Hell in the Cell. It was on the WWE Network, and and it was a fantastic show. And I made the point. Had that taken place in Chicago instead of Orlando and the ropes were white instead of blue and the set was black and gold instead of multicolored, no one would have known the difference. They just would have praised it even more. The World's Collide show they just did recently, uh, the day after Cardiff, put it in Wales in front of a UK audience with black and gold accents. People would have gone nuts for it. The color scheme literally completely changed people's vision of NXT. And that was the goal. But I think it backfired. I think if they never changed the colors and just changed the talent, people would have said, oh, it's changed so much in the last year. But it would not have been this like hurt feeling that people had and this visceral response to this new NXT that people had because it really didn't change all that much. It was always a developmental. Triple H used to say, call it, oh, developmental my ass, because it did have the Garganos and the Champas, and at the time, you know, the Undisputed Era, who, who really did carry it and, and sold million-dollar houses and things like that. But then in his interview with Ariel Hawani, he says, what? Tony Khan beat our developmental, good for him. I do think Triple H did change his tune because he realized, now that he runs the main roster, that that is more important right. and that is a bigger moneymaker. But... I think the shift to black and white, it's somewhat of an admission of defeat, but it's also an acknowledgement of the fact that, like, this didn't really change that much. No, and, it really and, didn't and at all. So why fight it? There's a lot of things that, that Triple H is why fight it. In the Ariel Helwani interview, he talks about giving Matt Riddle his name back. And Triple H said, well, 
everyone knows his name's Matt. Why not give right. it back to him? The feud is very personal. Talked about his family. Talked about everything. Kind of makes sense for him to be Matt Riddle, and you know, and and we brought back Imperium. We've brought back Hit Row. Like we're bringing back things that, and we're giving people. You know, Theory got Austin back. Ciampa got Tommaso back. Like people are getting first names back, and it's just you know, Dewdrop is has already commented. They're in talks about you know fixing her name, like. There's just some fixing going on, and this to me is just another element of the fixing that's needed. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And things that we knew were going to happen. Yeah. When, when somebody, when, anytime anybody new takes over anyway, yeah. There's always changes something. happen. And, and it's been steady. You know, it has, it's, I wouldn't say it's been incremental. I would say it's been steady. There's just yeah. been steady changes here and there. It slowed it down. Aesthetically, it was like names. something major every yeah. week for a while there. And that's right, fine. But we're not TNA, or we're, I'm sorry, we're not AEW. We can't have somebody debut every week. No, we can't. Uh, and neither do they now. So, yeah. Yeah, right. Um, well, now they just have people leave. Uh, on the flip side, Solo Sokoa is your North American champion. What's yeah, that about? For now. It's the guy should probably have a belt in NXT while he's still working double duty. But, but like, I, I guess people assumed he wouldn't make be working him, double duty. Um, I think he's, I mean, but clearly he is. Clearly so. he is. And it's like, so does that Shame mean that we're assumption. moving Carmelo Hayes? Does that mean, you know, what does that mean? Is Carmelo Hayes going to be the one to beat Braun Breaker? And then Braun's going to move on to, to somewhere else? Um, or, you there's, know, there's, there's, it's, like, there's a lot of questions. Let him marinate. Yeah, let him marinate. I get it. And You're I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm not saying it's going to happen next week. Here's, here's the thing that makes, here's the thing that makes a lot of sense. If you're going to have Sokoa up with with the bloodline, everybody else got a belt yeah. outside of Sammy. You're right. Everybody else got a belt. Sammy's not, you know, really a member anyway. And and it drives home the story because they have told Sammy, "You got to step it up. You don't have gold." And now Solo Sokoa does. But I also think, and this is no offense, Solo Sokoa, because he came from Vegas. He worked in Arizona. He held titles in Arizona on the Indies under the name Sifa too. I think he still needs that time in NXT because the thing about being up with the bloodline, he may not work every week. Right. Rome's not there every week. Yeah, get those reps in, baby. He needs to get those reps in. I also think NXT is on television. It is on the USA Network. It is on Tuesday nights. Having him carry the championship just continues to give NXT more of a presence on network television. And, right. and and puts us where we need to be in that regard. So to me, that's part of it as well. It's it's continuing to grow and promote the NXT brand on WWE television. So I think that's part of it too. Um, and I got no complaints about it. Do I think it's weird and different? Not weird, but different, definitely. But Ricochet was just challenging for that title at Worlds Collide and worked with Trick Williams last week, who of course runs with Carmelo Hayes. It's like you said, let it marinate. Carmelo Hayes is a star and is going to be a star. And who knows what's next for him? Who knows what's next for anybody? You know, Tyler Bate, who's, you know, part of that video that they showed um, at the end. I mean, if we need a fourth member of the Brawling Brutes for a Survivor Series, Tyler Bate fits right in. And, and you know, Trent Seven hasn't said anything since all the releases happened. We don't know if he got released or not, but like Mustache Mountain could be a thing as well. You know, Pete Dunn still named Butch, but now when he wrestles, he's dressed like done so again more more changes more things that have taken place so i it's it's 
it's a ride, and, and I like it because I do think more connection between NXT and Raw and SmackDown makes sense to me. It's it's yeah. about to pretend they don't exist. Toxic Attraction just made their what we think is their main roster debut last week because when they came out, their little nameplate at the bottom of the screen was the SmackDown nameplate. It wasn't the NXT nameplate. And and they talked about establishing themselves on SmackDown, whereas a lot of people think it's not a call-up. I think it is a call-up. I think they're going to continue to lose until Mandy comes up and kind of helps them right the ship. So I think we'll see some of that in the coming months. But, yeah, I uh, I think it's good. I think it's, 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 it's good. I'm fine with it. I'm fine with all of it. I have no complaints. Is it different? Yes. Same. Change is hard sometimes. And, and even though... We should be happy that we're going back to black and gold. There's still this other element with Solo in the title, and, and it makes change hard. But change is always hard, but in the end, it's usually good. So that will do it for this week's edition of The Greg DeMarco Show. Go ahead and follow along with TheChairShot.com, at ChairShotMedia. TheChairShot.com. TheChairShot.com. Always use your Head. You heard him tell you if you want to complain, do so at Wrestling Realist. It's W-R-E-S-T-L-N-G-R-E-A-L-I-S-T. There's no I in wrestling, but there is one in Realist, and there is one in Patrick for the Wrestling Realist. Patrick O'Dowd, follow me at Chairshot Greg. Follow along with all the shows here at the Chairshot Radio Network. Head on over to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the Chairshot. Pick up one of those beautiful Chairshot t-shirts. we got so many great things going on at the network. We've got so much fun within the world of wrestling, outside of the world of wrestling. There's so much to get involved with. This is such good shit. So follow along and be a part of it all. And yeah, that's what we do here. So we appreciate you listening. We look forward to doing this here again in a few in a few weeks next week. And uh, yeah, it's always been a lot of fun. So we'll talk to you next time right here on the Greg DeMarco Show. Remember, always use your head. The music play on, play on, play on. Everybody sing, everybody dance. Lose yourself in wild romance. We're going to party, caramel, fiesta forever. Come on and sing along. We're going to party, caramel, fiesta forever. Come on and sing along. me you just made the list thechairshot.com always use your head you know how to book flights and hotels all you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive that's why you need viator book guided tours activities excursions and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable 
Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.